from WRIR in Richmond, Virginia. It's a grain of sand. I'm your host and producer, Charles McGuigan. I see you, Mom. The Virginia State Fair, early October. It's a perfect day. Soft blue sky, drenching warmth. Just before noon and the crowd still thin. The sweetness of fried batter and powdered sugar hang dense on the air. Also that close straw smell of sheep and cows. A slow grind of gears, steady clicks, a sudden pneumatic whoosh. Tattoos of those machineries of joy that lie in the midway. There is the murmur of a thousand voices, occasionally the high-pitched squeal of a girl in free fall. You can hear it all, every tiny detail, and excitement ripples through your stomach whether you want it to or not. It's like momentary first love when nothing could ever go wrong, or so you think. This is my third time to the fair this year. First time was with my daughter Catherine and her friend Selena, a ride rich day. They're both 12 years old and they wrote everything over and over again, except for the zipper. You'd be a fool or worse to ride the zipper. That's what an imperious woman standing next to the ride said. The next time I came on a Thursday morning with my son Charles, a field trip with his first grade class. There were no rides that day liability issues, but plenty of animals and lots of petting. Each time I visited the fair, I sought out Gloria Roden. That's who I'm looking for now, lost in the maze of games and exhibits, kiosks and lunch wagons. Striding down the midway, I know I'll hear about her before I see her. There is the tape of a barker. It's a continuous loop. You can just barely hear it above the noise of the crowd, which is getting thicker. And it does its job, this barker spiel. It draws you in like a faint aroma that grows stronger as you near the source. Ladies and gentlemen, presenting for the very first time at your fair, Gloria Rodin, the world's smallest woman. Just 29 tiny inches small. She is on the inside and is anxious to meet and greet each and every one of you. Peek inside her tiny two-story Victorian house, designed and constructed especially for her. Meet Miss Gloria Rodin, whose hands are only two inches wide. She wears size two shoe, and she speaks, breathes, and sees just like everybody else. Little Gloria is so small, you can actually pick her up and carry her in your arms like you would a small child. She is just 29 tiny inches small and only half as big as her eight-year-old son. She's here, she's real, and she is alive. Miss Gloria Rodin, the world's smallest woman is sitting in her tiny living room right now. Come in and talk to her. She will talk to you. This is a show for the entire family. Little Gloria, just 29 tiny inches small, alive and real on the inside of this exhibit. Ladies and in that tape, the Barker mentions a two-story Victorian house. It's not here, though. It's somewhere down in Florida undergoing repairs. Gloria seated on a chair that sits in the corner of a three-sided computer table, the kind you find at the public library. It's an old table with a worn formica top. There's a small carpet in its center, right in front of her small chair. Taped on one wall of the computer table are photographs of her children, grandchildren, and what she calls greats. Gloria holds half an ear of corn in her hands. She holds it upright and rakes her teeth across the kernels, shaving them neatly from the cob one at a time, her hands slick with butter. This exhibit is covered like a tent, 
with blue tarps hung over a framework of pipes. The sunlight filters in, and the exhibit area pulses with a blue light, the color of the Caribbean. Here's what Gloria says as a few women pay their dollar and walk through the tent. For an extra buck, they can take a picture of her. Okay. My name is Gloria Rodin. I was born in Jamaica, two feet five inches tall, 65 years old. My mother was a tall lady. My father was a tall man. My brothers, my sister, they all grow tall. I'm the first born in the family, and I'm two feet five inches tall. And I thank you. God bless you. Jesus love you. And have a blessed day. There's a steady stream of the curious, and then they disperse, and I'm alone with Gloria. She really is all of 29 inches tall, shorter than a yardstick. She wears a pleated blouse and a blue gingham skirt. A camouflage do-rag hides most of the silver ringlets of her hair. It's something she picked up down in Georgia on the Kearney circuit. Her feet the size of a small child's are sheathed in gray moccasins a gift from one of her admirers five years back. She's prone to smile, and maybe that's what keeps drawing me back to see her. The first time, though, I was reluctant. There are two paintings of her outside the exhibit, flanking the entrance, garish, overstated, stunning in their way, and also a little creepy. Sideshow art, at its best or worst, depending on your aesthetic sensibility. One depicts a youthful Gloria in a bushel basket wading through a sea of vegetables. She stands in this cornucopia while a boy, lean and tall, lifts the basket. The other painting features Gloria peering through the upstairs window of her two-story Victorian house. In this rendition, she's no bigger than a Barbie doll, and with her tiny fingers, she parts the yellow curtain in the windows. Like all sideshow art, these paintings have an eerie quality, and I'm both attracted and repulsed by them. But that was then. Now, after two visits, I'm beginning to think of this three-sided computer table as Gloria's home on the road. We are coming to know one another, Gloria and I, and she tells me what it was like growing up, but not growing, in St. Elizabeth, Jamaica. It was beautiful. My mom worked to take care of us. You understand cane field, where they plant the cane? That's where my mom and my aunt worked to take care of us. My father did not take care of me, so my mom had to do all this work, take care of me and my brother. And it was beautiful. She treated us good, give us good clothes, what she can, can afford, good food to eat, and what she don't have, we satisfy with what she can give us. Well, I just watching all my friends, my cousin and my niece, them, they growing, leaving me. I don't hear and them get up there and I said, oh, I'm not going to go further. But I didn't make it bother me. For everybody, they was loving to me. Yes. All my aunt, he loved me like I'm, I'm his one of his child. I didn't go to school. Didn't go to school. Because I'm easily too tired. I'm easily too tired. I can walk from here to back around there where that truck is. But if I go much further than that, I'm easily too tired. I have to sit. That's why I carry my bench everywhere with me. The school was so far and I couldn't walk that far. You didn't have car like what you have now. Couldn't go that far and our, our school, they miles away. 
or three miles from where we live in. So my cousin them teach me how to sign my name. They go to school and I stay home. I usually live at my aunt's house. And I stay there tidying up the place, cook dinner, tell them, come help my aunt, and it was okay with me. Nowadays I said, oh, I wish those days if I did go to school, if I loved, I would love to read. But in those days it didn't bother me. I didn't understand what happened. <laughs> All the grandkids them, they tried to teach me. I said, my brain too old now, don't bother me with that. Though she never learned to read or write, Gloria, even at a very young age, possessed an extraordinary voice. Born in Jamaica, she was baptized in the holy waters of island music. She knew Bob Marley and his entire family. They visited regularly. His lyrics settled in her brain and ultimately emerged through her mouth. In time, she joined a group of little people. Aside from their height, they had two other things in common. They were all from the islands, and they all sang reggae. About four decades ago, this group of tiny singers began touring throughout the United States. Underneath a big tent on the fairground like this, it was two from Haiti, three from Trinidad, and the rest of us from Jamaica. Four of us from Jamaica. Shirley Simpson usually play the banjo. We have two big guys like you. One play the drum and one play the bass guitar. I was the lead singer there. Yeah? But that guy died and we all get split up all different places. Some of them go home and they never come back. We, we just call ourselves little people. We, the guy we usually refer to Mr. Harold Overthurf. Mandley, Iowa, we go everywhere. We go Jacksonville, Florida, Mississippi. We usually be everywhere. I did love that. Oh my God, I worked with that guy for about 10 years. I think, if I can remember good. Out of the clear blue, Gloria begins to sing. She sings a song the little people sang some 40 years ago. Lyrics and melody, compliments of Bob Marley. I wake up this morning with a rising sun, three little angels sitting by my doorstep, singing sweet song, pure sweet and melody. This is a matches to you. Every little thing, wanna be alright now, yeah, 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 yeah. Every little thing, wanna be alright now. I wake up this morning. With a rising sun, three little angels sitting by my doorstep, singing sweet song, pure and melody. This is our matches to you. While she was still singing with the little people, Gloria went through a spiritual transformation. She continued performing with the group, but while they sang about the islands, Gloria sang about salvation. It was in a vision. I have vision that I was like I'm up on a mountain looking down in the valley below and I see this great building. And when you have a big glass door in front and I see Jesus step through that glass door, standing there looking at me. Then he go back inside, come again with the big cross hole on his shoulder. Then he disappear again, then he come again with tons of crown on his head and blood dripping down his face. And I wake up quickly out of that vision. And it was morning. And then I didn't want to sing 
reggae music or any other music anymore. I just want to do gospel because God take over my life. These days, Gloria still sings gospel music in her native land. She's there half the year, from Christmas till May, and then she hits the carnival circuit. Music gives her solace, brings her joy. I love to sing. That's what I do best. <laughs> when I'm singing, I get real happy. Real happy when I'm singing for God. For God is my leader, is my protector, is my guidance. He clothes me, feeds me, he gave me everything. Yes, so I like to do that. By the grace of God, I am saved. By the grace of God, Lord, I am saved. Oh, yeah. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. Lawyer, hallelujah. By the grace of God, Lord, I am saved. I am walking hand in hand with Jesus. That's why I'm saved. I am walking hand in hand with King Jesus. That's why I'm saved. Oh, yeah. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. Lawyer, hallelujah. By the grace of God. Lord, I am when she leaves Jamaica, Gloria begins her work on midways throughout the South and the Midwest. It's grueling work, 12-hour shifts, and she'll repeat her same narration hundreds, sometimes thousands of times a day. 65 years old, one child. That's my daughter, Lynette, and all these grandkids. Six grand, seven grade one, one daughter, born in Jamaica. I thank you. God bless you. Jesus love you. Have a blessed day. Thank you. Five three. Hello. Hi. I thank you. Name is Gloria, born in Jamaica. Two feet five inches tall, sixty-five years old. One child. That's my daughter, Lynette. All these grandkids. Six grand, seven grade one, one daughter. Thank you.
the tens of thousands of people she's met throughout her career, she remembers two most vividly. They were both about her size. Oh, was in Miami. And I was so, from the night before we was there, our one flight from Jamaica to Miami. Supposed to take one from Miami to Fort Dale, Florida. And that flight left her. So I was tired and weary. And the next morning, the young lady was pushing me in the wheelchair and the little boy, he said something in Spanish. And he said, the, the, the girl said to me, do you know what that little boy said? And I said, no. He said, oh, mom, that's a beautiful little lady. And that made my whole day. And I, I never forget it. I never forget it. Another little girl in, in Coney Island, he was having a talk with me. And when he finished talk, he said, oh, you get so small. I said, the doctor said, my jeans didn't grow. He said, oh, my God. I thought they put you in the dryer and you swing. And that make my day that day. I laugh and laugh. Kids, kids say they dance this thing to you, but they make you feel good. Gloria's now thinking about retirement. She turned 66 later this year, though you wouldn't know it by looking into her eyes. In the 36 years she's been working the carnivals and state fairs, Gloria's made friends, many of whom she sees regularly but not in the midway. I have, I have this girl I know when he was 15, 16 years old from Ohio. And she visit my home all the time in Jamaica. Last week she called me and said, Gloria, guess what? I'm home in Jamaica. She come back now. And I meet her when she was 16 years old. I have another lady again. I know her when she was born. Four to five years ago, she raised up on the midway, and she always come come to Jamaica at my house. I have one visit me a while ago where him and she come home to Jamaica, spend about two weeks there. All the while she called, when I called, I said, "Hi, Jamie." I said, "Who is this?" I said, "You're a black mother." She burst out a laugh. <laughs> yes, when I'm in Florida, she took her car and she come for me. I spend a week at her house. Up to yesterday, after you leave, I one lady tell me, I will take you home. You want to come home with me? I say, I can't leave. Mm -hmm. People are nice. Yes. Like some people who, I have a lady there before yesterday, say, Fanny, see me four years ago. Yesterday is the first to come back to the fair. Yeah. I met all that guy. He died now. He, he, he two hands, like a club crow. He long will have two big claw, he died now, yes. He usually work on the midway too. He live he usually live in Carney Town in Florida. A lot of carnival people live there, a lot of the farm people. That's why they call it Carney Town. I passed through there one day. It's beautiful. Beautiful. It is a little town. You have a guy, I don't know if them still live there. He joined together. Two boys. And they join together looking at each other's face. When they're walking, they're walking sideways. They're born like that. You have a year of them? Earlier in the day, I ran into a couple of friends of mine at the fair. Both women, and both with strong opinions. They talked about Gloria, and their takes on her couldn't have been more different. Ophelia started by saying... Well, I actually saw her when I was there. 
It doesn't seem like a great life, but it doesn't seem like she's all that different from a supermodel, and that she just uses her um, body to make money. People come to see her. I have um, reservations about things like that because it reminds me of um, a freak show uh, where people pay, what, a dollar to go in and see this woman? And I know most of the people are nice to her, but it just seems weird to me that you would pay a dollar to go in and see this, this short woman like she's like a, I don't know, a caged animal or something. Well, supermodels are freaks. They don't look like other people. And uh, they make a lot of money for just when people look at them. So I don't really see what the difference is. Um, I imagine they're also uncomfortable. They don't get to do what they want. They don't get to eat what they want. Um, because uh, the world's smallest woman, she didn't look very comfortable. But, you know, maybe that's just our judgment. I understood both points of view. Each was valid. My son Charles, who's just seven, had his own opinion. He'd met Gloria a couple days before and said quite simply, she's a very pretty woman, Daddy, and I'm inclined to agree with him. During the time I spent with Gloria, people coming and going would often refer to her as a lovely lady or a beautiful woman. They were seeing real beauty, that which you can't disguise with false smiles, makeup, plastic surgery. And now as night begins its descent in the midway, and crisp autumn comes creeping in. Gloria tells me something that stops me in my tracks, makes me understand why I'm here in the first place. It's as concise an essay on real beauty as I've ever heard, and I'll carry it with me always. I know beauty within, within, is what how you feel about yourself. Don't let nobody got you down. If people pass and say, oh, she's ugly, Say, I'm beautiful. Good things come in small person. If you don't feel yourself beautiful, you're always going to think worse of yourself. But I wake up in the morning and I said, Thank God. Mercy, please for me. I'm still alive. And I'm feeling good, beautiful. And another thing again, I like to, I like to say to people that, Oh, you're looking good today. You are beautiful. Sometimes you say that one word, and you know you make that person feel he might be having a bad day, and it feel right away he feeling good. Yes, that happened to me. Yes, had a little boy in Miami. I tell you, and it was my whole day. It was my whole day. I still think of it. It's my whole day. Me, I'm not gonna make nothing bother me. I know one day the Lord gonna call me home. And I don't want to go to hell. I want to go live in paradise when he calls me home. So it's all right. And that is my story about life.
This is Charles McGuigan with a grain of sand. As always, a special thanks to Charles Arthur, who provided the music. To listen to more Grains of Sand, please visit prx.org. Thanks for listening, and take care.